Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. Mike, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, that's I, – I honestly think it got to the point where, you know, I think honestly Run Run Shaw with some of these films was kind of taken aback. I think he had taken a step back and thought to himself, what the hell did I, am I releasing here? Because a lot of this gets – you know, a lot of this – I mean, and you can look at this film and some of the other – Hex and – in uh, Hex versus Witchcraft, and then and, um, you can see where kind of where the Category Three was coming from. I mean, this is yeah, kind of where it's see. starting here. This is the era of uh, Hex, Seating of a Ghost, uh, Black yeah, Magic, corpse, ma- corpse Mania. Yeah, yeah, Corpse Mania. I mean, there's a lot of them from that time. It went totally insane trying to keep up, and thank God they did. <laughs> Yes. Okay, right now I'm at the start of the Celestial logo where the girl is just appearing on screen. I'm same place. Okay, and and you can watch this on YouTube. And I don't know if there's subtitles on it or not. With this one, you really don't need subtitles because it just confuses you more. And here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Ah, Celestial Pictures, the one who bought like most of uh, Shaw's catalog, and usually they have great taste. Right, right. I mean, there's some stuff, uh, you, you know, there's some stuff that's kind of seeped through the cracks around them, you know, some of the, uh, sci- or not sci-fi, some of the fantasy films and stuff like that from the 60s and, yeah. like, uh, the. but I think a lot of them could possibly also be in, you know, in, in such distress, the, the prints yeah. that, you know, that they probably don't have a chance of releasing them, but, I mean, there's still yeah. some out there floating around that I'd love to see, the Enchanted Enchanting Chamber, which was the take from the um, the, the um, stories from the Chinese studio, the, the um, short stories, but yeah. it, it was a take from that. But I've Who never seen a good home? print of it. Okay, we're starting with the first movie, which Bolo Young. Right, and that's true. We're in a kickboxing movie now. Yeah, and you know, it's it's kind of what makes me. This here is, this was kind of, uh, you know, you still got your kung fu to a point, even though this isn't kung fu, but you still have your action to start this film. Yeah. And and the best way to describe the pacing of this movie is if someone on cocaine and speed is describing to you what the hell this movie's about. (laughs) And And it's also... it's also a movie that's kind. Of, it's it's kind of disjointed too because it jumps here, it jumps there. It it kind of yeah. you, you got to. It's a movie that you have to pay attention to. Yeah, yes, it gets crazy as hell and just illogical at times. But but yeah. you still have to kind of pay attention to know who's out here, who's handling this. You know yeah. the boxers or the one boxer in particular in the white, but. And I'm proud to say that the head of Central Cinema said he showed this movie because I recommended it so much. Awesome. And he said everyone Great. else was freaking out during it. 
No one right, left the right. theater, but he said a lot of people were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm actually proud of that. That's, that's, you, you, can't, you don't get any better than that, do you? You know, the the director of this guy, this. Jai Hung. He, Look at that. Bolo Young gets kicked in the face so damn hard that he spits out milk. <laughs> and you know what? There's a lot of stuff ingested and a lot of stuff spit out in this movie. There is. It's nauseating to a point of it. Yeah, a lot of stuff is parody, too. Like when he smacked the uh, mat and, like, two tons of uh, baby powder flew up. Right, right. We know where that come from. Yeah. And I love the Bolo Young cheats like this, and he still wins the damn title, only in the boxer's omen. <laughs> but, do, do you know, the, is, um... You know everything that you just seen in the first two minutes? Fuck it. We're in a Yakuza <laughs> film now. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, and, you know, he's really... I guess you know this. This is really never ever. You know this is it after here. Once he walks out of this scene right here, this life is gone. I mean, we kind of figure that he's yakuza, uh, triad, whatever. But once this scene's over, it's just he, he's no longer associated with that. Which kind yeah, of yeah, blo- it's like he just jokingly put every kind of popular genre in Hong Kong at the time into the movie as a joke or not. I can't tell. Well well, you know, if you watch Hex, it's got it's also throws in some stuff. It's got uh you know, some of the it takes a little bit from um the uh Quiden, and it also takes it also has a, a, a little angle of a, of a, of the slasher movies because it's got a, a fox it's got a, a man who, you know, all of a sudden develops, you know, where he looks like he's going to be yeah. a slasher with an axe, but then he never does. But it's kind of it's kind of like he's throw these little things in here to kind of grab you a little bit because these uh, maybe homages. And this is back. a tribute to watch his name, the guy who was always the little wuss in the Bruce Lee films who always dressed in that hat and that outfit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, yes. I could not tell you his name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I love it. Every one of his Yakuza friends are cut up in the bag. <laughs> Uncle. Director Chai Young, he, you know, you know, he he kind of directed those kind of oddball films for Shaw. You know, he did um, um, yeah. Hex. He did Hex versus um, Witchcraft. He did um, uh, Curse of Evil. Uh, Hex versus Hex after Hex, and um, The Lady Professional, which is a is a an assassin movie, which to me is is his best film. Yeah. But he did a lot of you know, the kind of exploitation-type film for Shaw. Yeah. 
And this one is Moo, the sequel to Goo, which is a rarely seen film. Right. And I've heard it called Another One, and I've also heard it called The Boxer, which would explain the sequel's title, Boxer's Omen. <laughs> right. I love it. Well, when it gets into the porno part of this movie right here, he has a fucking Playboy bunny towel. <laughs> when he does the genres in this, he goes all the freaking way with it. So you're not going to be bored with this movie. If right. You and are, you know what what you were talking about Goo was also called Bewitched. And yeah, that's Bewitched. where a um a man goes to a, a man, I'm maybe Thailand or someplace, and yeah. messes around with a girl that he meets who he had no intention of actually having any relationships after that week or however he was long there. And when he came back, she started to, uh, you know, she put a hex on him or a curse, and killed his daughter. You know what this reminds you know, it, it me got of? Pretty, Kentucky it got Fried pretty nasty. Movie. Please, what was that? My movie with the boing, boing, boing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of insanity, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> and this is this is the black magic. This is the good, you know, ver- the the um, black magic versus Buddhism, which we see a lot in a lot of Asian films, especially a lot of Japanese films. Yeah, this is downright gets there, I'll tell you. <laughs> Somebody could be highly offended with this movie. Yeah. This is and, and even I these things they they're they're wind up and you know the spiders are wind up. But they're still it still is like, okay, damn. Oh shit. Well I they always on. had this in Hong Kong films, like the badly animated spiders and stuff. Right. True. We didn't care, we enjoyed it. Stephen, what part are you on? Because I, I had my fast-forward button going. Where are you right at? Right here, I'm at the part with the triangle going into the bedroom. The up arrow. You're not to the spiders yet? No. Oh, damn. I'm at where he's like, first seeing his brother. The bomb. With the dingle ball earrings. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get back. I had fast forward on somehow or another. I wasn't even paying attention. Okay. Gotcha. I'm back to, okay. We're we're right around the same place. And here we are (laughs) with his, uh, I'm at the part right now where his brother is, we're going back to the part with his brother. Why? Who knows? <laughs> and if you look, that damn thing isn't on because it's just flashing zero, 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 zero. <laughs> you know, it's there's so much stuff in here to see. Like I said, there's when we talked about it, you have to kind of really keep your eyes open because there's so much going on and you could watch this film multiple times and still come come up with different stuff every time it's it's yeah I mean, there, 
why we love it. That's right. <laughs> We're in Thailand now. Yes. Which is rare when you see a Shaw Brothers film film in Thailand or something like that. Fact. That's a fact. And, but Bewitched was also, I believe it's Thailand also. So. Yeah. But you're, that is a fact. He did not like that. You know, it yeah. was all mainly kept in-house. But then this, you know, again, this isn't a a period film. This is, you know, no. modern day. I love the fact that they got Bolo Young here. They got real good, solid actors in it. Yeah. Not he's, people uh, yeah, who would take this and go over the top. Uh, yeah, and he's he's very menacing. He's Yeah, he's very, very good. He don't even have Especially, to work at it. He just had to sit there with that smirk on his face. Because yeah, people forget, right. Bolo was the only, only kung fu action star of that era. I think uh, since then, there was that jacked. Mm-hmm. And they never did make him the star because... He was just so damn good as the bad guy, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was. He was cemented in that for sure. Like Jean Claude Van Damme wouldn't even have a career if it wasn't for good old Bolo here. That's right. And it still breaks my heart to this day we never got to see Bruce Lee versus Bolo Young and Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh! Now we're now he's at the table. Now the semi-real plot of this movie begins. Right. This is like some blinker light, the way that sound is. (laughs) (laughs) And, yes, this does use footage right here. When they explain the backstory, is footage from Bewitched. Right, it is, correct. And I love the way they use that. Visually, this is one of the most gorgeous films Shaw ever did. Oh, yeah. And, and that's saying something because they were known for, you know, the, the, their their costume dramas and, and, you know, and their colors and, yeah, definitely, and their cinematography, yes. But this is for sure.
this is the footage from the first film right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that's like I said, that's a the Bewitched is is a rough film to watch just because of the deaf, you know. I, you know, one thing that bothers me in film, well, two things honestly, is is animals being, you know, mistreated and the children. Even though I know it's fake, but still, it's yeah, them are two kind of soft spots for me. So Bewitched kind of, kind, you know. Well, the director said, don't worry about the chicken because they fried it up and they had it for dinner afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he only made one more film after this. Yeah. They wanted film in 84. He was too over the top. I think so, too, yeah. Oh, in the back and he died in Los Angeles. Mouth, the I, fake I, I, bat. Yeah, there you go, the fake bat. Even though his fate, his fate is just damn. <laughs> In a way, it's like he's like he knew that no one would be seeing the first film, so he just takes like some of the best. Depends on what you call best moments. <laughs> and even though yes, this is a fake bat. If you're against animal stuff, you might want to uh, yeah. avoid a little yeah. bit. And yeah, I love you might that. want to have that. Uh, yeah, because there's a few things in here. We get to the alligator scene. Ooh, that, there's the spider, the centipede. Yeah. The yeah. Scorpion. And, and you know, it's... It, it's fake, but you know this movie is so over the top and insane that it, it doesn't bother. You know, you know, a lot of films you watch and say, "Oh my God, look at that," but you know it doesn't bother you in this film because it's such a, a film that fucks with your mind. It's just like, yeah, you, you know, who cares? You know, okay, I can accept all this. You know, I have no problem when this little skeleton walk starts walking. It's like, damn. In the putrefying, too. He's good at that. Right. Oh, this is uh, a great mask. I love it. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> you know, the the director, the only problem I had with Hex, which I love Hex, yeah. was the ending. The ending kind of like, you know, it took everything which, you know, it was it was a horror film, you know, and it kind of yes. took it and reverted it back to to basically saying, well, you know, there was, this didn't happen to a point. We didn't have, it, you know, there was not a haunting, there was not a resurrection or, or a ghost or whatever. Yeah. And that kind of, you know. I, I kind of to oh, a point. Oh, I love this guy right here. <laughs> the wizard. Yeah, he does a good job of it. Now, you know who would be good in that would have been Low Lee. I don't know. This guy's great. He is great in it. You're right. But I think but I Low Lee was probably it. he was probably doing <laughs> Black Magic with Buddha about this time, I believe, somewhere in yeah. this time frame which I think he directed, didn't he? 
Uh, who knows where it might have got and caught up? And a lot of the that. theaters on the deuce were uh, converting over to VHS projectors and really not showing first run, you know. Right. Mm, yeah, and this is brains and snake poison. What you, you know, and if you're for dinner. You know, if you're Shaw's, you were they were probably expecting a kung fu out of you, so. Anything yeah. you might have been trying to sell at the time, probably when, you know, I'm sure the Kung Fu by then was dying down. Yeah. You know, after, you know. It, well, it, it was definitely still on the deuce, that one theater, right. the infamous uh, five theaters all the time, but mm-hmm. it was not mainstream anymore. Right. You still might see some at a drive-in. Right. But, yeah, the market for this, it it would have just taken someone with balls. Yeah, yeah. And how would you, you you know, if you think about it, how would you even sell this film? (laughs) You know, it's it's like nothing you've ever, you know, that's ever been made before. It's kind of like goes in that category of house or, you know, some of them other films that are just unclassable, you know. Yeah. And you can tell too. Well, the ghost as sees a man eat brain, (laughs) (laughs) and the spiders have straws. God bless them. They do have straws, but it doesn't. None of this stuff bothers you though, because it's like you know, it's like it. It all just fits in here. You know, they're just. It's just. It's like I said. It's fucking with you, and it's. Yeah, so why, you know, either, it's just all there. I mean, it's either in for the ride or get out. Yeah, that's right. It don't right. care either way. Yeah, it, it's you but once. Yeah. I think once you bought in, you've bought in. Yeah, you know, and you're gonna accept. But as I said, they sold sitting of the ghost is see the ancient demon eat the milk of the man eat the milk of the brains of people. You know. Right. They sold it on its most ex. Exploitative part. Right. Right. But then the only one that was handling crazy shit like this was Terry Levine's Aquarius uh, and things like that. And even then in 82, they took uh, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond and cut it into a balderized already version called it Seven Doors of Death. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I would think that, you know, if this was offered, you know, they would they would have definitely had to do some cutting. What is this, a minute 43? Yeah, they love like, the... Most of the guys that would sell shit like this over here would say, oh, we got to make it 90 minutes. That's right, 90 minutes, because they wanted as many runs as they could during the day, yeah. yeah. So that would have been cut. And if I'm telling you something, if it's illogical now, wait till they cut 30 minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or um, not 30, 13 or 14 minutes, whatever it is. So, yeah. Hey, it's Spider Wizard. <laughs> That's classic, ain't it? (laughs) Yeah, this is, 
what we, I mean, yeah, but on VHS, people would have ate this up. They would have. They would really have. Just... Man, could you imagine that, how this could have, I mean, you know, you would, you would, you know, that was the thing on a, on, like me, on a Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. You know, you work during the week, you go to freaking, you know, the, the video stores. You know, I had, depending on where I was living at the time, sometimes I had up to three, four different video cards. You know, I'd yeah, go to one yeah, place, I read and about another this place, and in, uh, the Albert Horror Encyclopedia, the Psychotronic. You know, the usual places where you would see bizarre shit like this talked right. about. Right. But finding it wasn't easy. Oh no! You know, it's what we, we've we've talked but about finding in past it shows. Finding it was subtitles. Yeah. That was a yeah, I, I remember I had got it on on VHS from a seller. I'm thinking out of New York. I could be wrong, but I believe it was out of New York. And I remember this film, and the subtitles were so light that you could hardly see them. So each I would have to sit and stop and read and stop and read. And then I'd bought more shawl from them as the time went on, and it was the same thing again. You know, it was the, the, the subtitles were too. yeah, they were so light that you could they would kind of blend in. Yeah, you know, and another one that is some of them desert classic films, which you know I tried to buy a couple of theirs. That I think their DVD though, some of them also has that problem with the. Um, the subtitles. Well, I'm just talking like about that. the horrible subtitles, period. Like, right. uh, I can remember the first time I seen The Killer, it had this subtitle. No, yeah, The Killer. He said, you're so full of shit, you should stick your head up a toilet's ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the subtitle read. Yeah, it was, it was. I'm telling you something. People just don't realize what they've got these days. You know, somebody that didn't come up during them times, they they just they don't know. They just they just do not know what you know what it was like to find yeah. this obscure shit. You had to you know you had to work for it. There wasn't no instant gratification back then. And that, I mean, yeah, there was so much stuff like we would hear about it. Oh, you would yeah. ne- and imagine another thing. Of course, people would be like, "Well, could we uh, sell this on show this on Kung Fu Theater once we sell the theaters?" Can you imagine them cutting this down for TV? There's you could, and there's two. Yeah, well, I, no, I couldn't see it. I think it would be about 30 minutes and make no damn sense, even less <laughs> sense. <laughs> it wouldn't have been much, would it? No. But it wouldn't be the first film they fucked up like that, so. Uh, you, you know, I, I would love, honestly, I would love to know kind of like, where Shaw was sitting at this time, you know, just because of the fact, why would he allow a film like this, you know, unless he was kind of moving them, uh, you know, I'm sure Mona Fogg was involved in it, and she was involved most of the, yeah, she was the later Shaw films. Yeah, I, so. Um, 
well, I'm wondering. Like I said, how, look at the ones you know, he, that he, were. Yeah. He went to Thailand, you know, out. and filmed. That that never yeah. happened in the old Shaw Brother films. No. The Shaw Brothers were already outdated by 76, 77. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they knew it. You know, they were just yeah. feeding stuff for the kung fu crowd, and that was it. They, you know, eventually it was going to get them. You know, I, well, I don't know if they knew that or not. hit the scene, they were outdated. Then as soon as Jackie Chan hit the scene, they were dead. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a choice to keep doing the same stuff they had or... Well, keep trying to do the stuff that Golden Harvest is doing, or just point, pump it up to 11. And this is when right. they were trying to pump it up to 11. You would get all their horror stuff like Killer Snakes, The Oily Maniac, uh, The Boxer's Omen. Yeah, they... Um yeah, for sure. I mean, and it, it was also a changing crowd. You know, the early yeah. 80s was, you know, the early 80s was more, you know, the video era. Yeah. So, you know, so, oh, here comes a nasty scene. And right when uh, Hollywood would start to take over the Hong Kong market. Right, right. I can remember... Towards the late, at the end of the 80s, the only thing that would really sell would uh, be Jackie Chan films. Right. I told the boy not to eat that raw sushi, but did it. Ooh, that's done. nasty. That's nasty, ain't it? They, they have a lot of stuff like that in this film. <laughs> a lot of hey, kind what of... what the hell was I doing in that guy's mouth? What the fuck? Get me out of here! God damn it! A lot of that. A lot of <laughs> See, that. See, he was a slug once out of this damn movie. <laughs> Can you imagine how offended it was? Wow. <laughs> that means I gotta shave my head? Yeah, vanity there, huh? Yeah. And and like we said, there's you know, you don't know anything else. He left that whatever he was doing, whatever company he was running, whatever, it's gone. Uh, he never goes I mean, back. And I love the fact that this was probably just something that they were headed toward the set one day and just seen this dance going on, and they're like, screw it, turn the cameras <laughs> on, you know. Yeah. I mean, it fits in the plot, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just like shit. It's like, you know, small snippets all stuck together. I mean, yeah, you got your actor holding it together, and it's, but, uh, you know, was that scene necessary? Unless it has some significance, which I don't understand or realize, I don't know. Well, it's uh, him becoming a monk. Right, but, does, uh, but do they usually ride on ele- um, elephants and get carried on somebody's back? Yeah. <laughs> oh, do they? They're not supposed to touch ground until they uh, oh, 
Okay. Enter the temple. No, I didn't know. They just touched They're leaving down. society. Right, right. not necessary, but it's gorgeous. Oh, it is, isn't it? Man. Yeah. I have the one thing about the shawls, they always knew how to visually entice yeah. people. And that's another thing about this movie. It swings from the gorgeous to the grotesque without even yes, it, blinking. It does. It does. And how much it respects the Thai religion. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, are we, um, I think there's a new issue of um, Wings coming out, Wings Chop, right? Yeah, soon. Yes, yeah, so yeah, everybody who ever's listening. The uh, holiday issue. Yeah, so it's coming out here pretty soon, whoever's listening out there. You should pick a copy of up. There's always a lot of diverse um, articles in there. What did you cover this time, Stephen? Uh, not wings, because this has been a bad year for me health-wise, but I'm oh, doing something sucks. for the holiday issue. Great, great. I always enjoy your stuff. Always enjoy it. From what I heard, he he had to really finagle to get to really film inside a temple. Is, uh, is that right? I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. I think they had to donate so much money and stuff to the temple, you know. Right, right. And sadly, still, this is not as well known as the cult fans as Black Magic, Black Magic 2, Seating of the Ghost, Hex, and some of the others you have. Right, and I think maybe a lot of, some of that, too, is also, you have actors in this film that you've, you know, we have not heard of. Well, Hex, you haven't either, but, you know, obviously, it wasn't the staple, you know, Shaw Brother, you know, um, actors and actresses that you're used to, you know, you know, yeah. that appeared in a lot of the other, you know, Tai Lung and, and, um, um, uh, Lowly and people like that in some of them other films. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the celestial tie, a lot of the image titles are unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Legendary Weapons of China, uh, what is the one with the mat, the mask, oh, the lanterns, Human, human lanterns. lanterns, yeah, now that's yeah, a human that's lanterns, another, that's another uh, extreme one.
I love this. Yeah. Just usually when I watch this, I'm so focused on the all outrageous over the top parts that I've ignored how Jesus Christ beautiful this movie really is. It is. You're right. Yeah, it's visually, visually beautiful. It's really arresting for sure. Like this right here. This is a pretty cheap effect, but God, does it work. It does. You're right. I mean, it's standard 2D animation, but... It's done well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I said earlier, you you can kind of, you know, let... You know, some things, because it's just everything so insane in this film, you can kind of just let things, they don't bother you, you know what I'm saying? Like some films. I mean, you know this is fantasy, this is extreme, so you know you're going to yeah. allow certain things. Like this right here. Mm-hmm. The writing is spinning around and stuff. Right. And it becomes part of his body. I love it. Yes, yeah. Nowadays it would look CGI, it would look too normal and too clean. Yeah, I agree. In the chanting, too. No music. Right. Just the prayers. Yes. And, and, uh, like, and like Shaw Brothers films we had talked about, you know, eventually took a while, but, you know, we get a, an actual training scene. You know, you could look at it this way. This is kind of a training scene. You know, he's training for to become a Buddhist monk, but... You know, like we had, yeah. you know, in the martial art films, you know, where they had actually, you know, they had all of a sudden just become masters, but until eventually the films became where they would show some training, we actually get something in here. So to a point, it's kind of following a little bit of, you know, some normalcy yeah. for a, a Shaw Brothers film. You know, it's wrapped around fighting, you know, uh, hand-to-hand combat, and then also we, but, but we do have some, you know, of, of the staples or tropes of, you know, the Shaw yeah. Brothers. There is no tropes in this movie. This movie creates its own tropes. <laughs> well, you know, the, the they, <sighs> you know, the, like I said, the hand-to-hand combat and in the training scene, which you know came later on after the thirty-six chambers. Yeah. And I love how he uses camera flare in this movie. Mm-hmm. Starburst. Yeah, Well, he, they used it in uh, 36 Chamber, too, for when his eyes get focused. Right, right. And I love that candle right there. 
That is amazing, ain't it? Yeah, I mean, he he does not pull out the these kind of uh, he goes to this kind of extremes and you know either hex or hex versus witchcraft. And here comes the battle scene. <laughs> yes. Listen there close. you go. Listen close. Yes, and we get a lot of these. And this Wait. is um, kind of Listen another staple. Just be quiet. After he says this. What was that noise you just heard? I couldn't hear. I'm, I'm, my volume's down. That was the last five seconds of audio from Phantasm. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, boy. Ah, crash. <laughs> I love it, little bat creatures. Oh man, I was sleeping. Why are you waking me up for? This was one of the best magic battles I've seen in that martial art film. And yes, that was a real chicken death. But like they yeah. said, don't worry. The the dinner they had afterwards was delicious. <laughs> Yeah, they, you know, there's a, they would do a few, you know, obviously, you know, they were the black magic films, they had battle scenes in them, Ghost Galore, you know, some of the other fantasy films like that where they would, but, you know, they would have some kind of a battle between the good and the evil. Yeah. And here comes the pay, here comes the real payoff of that whole scene. And I've seen a lot of reviews of this where they call this bit right here unbelievable. I'm like, come on, after all that's happened so far, if you're bitching about the writing? <laughs> you, you know, anybody that's going to try to normally dissect this film anyways is going to have a problem. Yeah. You know, you either just latch on to the fantasy, watch- fantasy yeah. of it and just ride with it because, you yeah. know. It's like a drug trip, man. Just go with it. It is, you're right. It's like being on acid or something. You're right. Yeah. Ah! Medic! Medic! I love that shot. (laughs) (laughs) 
dun 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 dun.
25 seconds in. Most of them are pretty damn good. 
you know, and it's it's and it sounds like a lot of them are the same guys over and over and over again. But yeah, no, I agree with you there. But you know, to myself, and I don't, I don't know how you feel about this with both of us writers, is I, I would rather have subtitles. Yeah, I would rather have subtitles with the original language. Me too. I never complained about subtitles. Never. Yeah, no. That's what I want. I can remember when I seen Ron as a kid, I was like, holy shit, I'm watching a subtitle movie. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people just do not like it. And I can understand a little bit in the theater, you know, because, you know, at least when we're home, you know, at home video, you can stop and read it if it's going a little bit too fast. Yeah. You, You know. And that does to a point. I could see that, like I said, in a theater. But you know, the home, you know, in your home, to me, it's all about give me the subtitles every time. That, that is, when I buy stuff, that's one of the things I look for nowadays is, is the subtitles. And I have never had an issue with subtitles. Just that flame sparks going everywhere. Yeah. And how would this movie play without? The Bat Wizard's voice, his whiny voice. It <laughs> right. would be his fun. I love his voice. Right. No, I agree with you. Yeah. 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 And if you want and to see a bad that... dub, watch the Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. Yeah. There's a reason we have the jokes. Oh God. Yeah. Well, a lot of the um, a lot of the mainland, well, you know, even Hong Kong kung fu films, because they were dubbed in English. A lot of them are awful, you know, with their English dubs. I'm going to kill you <laughs> in the name of my master. That's right. You have very good kung fu. You have very good kung fu. <laughs> But can you handle that? That's right. (laughs) Classic. Instead of making good dialogue, they tried to match the lip movement. Yeah, yeah. I always like the ones where they're talking and there's nothing coming out. It's like, okay. Hey, porno! (laughs) (laughs) He gets it all in here, don't he? This is just a shock. No, I'm talking about them alligators. They're getting it all. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I see. Yeah, them alligators just, oh, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) But he's trying to get everything he can on here just to shock people. Yeah. Just lay down, Goof. Yes, you. Yes, princess has never seen uh, animals. Animal, anything oh, with that's two animals, right. of course, like, so she's offended. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, Hide your yeah, eyes, I, princess. It'll be <laughs> over soon. No, you, but here comes another one if she don't like that. You better keep her eyes closed. Because the alligator scene's coming up. Yeah, but that's obviously a rubber alligator. Yeah, but to, to, to a dog, do they know that? You can chew on it like a rubber toy. <laughs> now these dudes, when they get at it, these three wizards, now that's 
they do some pretty raunchy ass shit coming up here. That, that's fair warning for whoever's watching out there. It's yeah. getting pretty, pretty raunchy here.
Yeah, we're getting to the point where we're good. This is when it gets nasty here is when these dudes start eating and regurgitating shit. Oh, what the? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Run Run Shaw sat and watched this afterwards? Oh, God damn, even worse. That's a durian. Yeah. Could you imagine that? You know what's nasty about a durian, don't you? Uh Uh-uh. The damn thing smell like rotted fucking uh, (sighs) meat. They're not even allowed to be transported on airplanes. Well, that that looks nasty to me, but... (laughs) <laughs> I know that. Just imagine All that smell. It smells. It's supposed to taste great, but it smells like well, kind of like Limburger cheese. Kind of like Limburger cheese. Yeah, only two hundred times worse. Like I, I said, it's illegal to eat a durian in a public place. Wow, uh, that chicken scene's absolutely fucking nasty, too. I Hopefully they're not eating it. Look at it. That's mm. a cooked chicken with feathers stuck in it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I I'm hope not joking. So. Look at the shade of the skin. <laughs> no raw chicken has that shade. True, true. And I love how businessmen are like about it. They're not even, you know. Yeah, gagging or nothing, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, do 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 eat the that, yeah, And, you know, let's face it, that had to take some scenes to be able to shoot that. Because you yeah. know that's nasty, regardless. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you chewing on stuff and spitting it out after a while, that'd get pretty nasty. Hmm. Oh, I love that ring and stuff. (laughs) Ooh, tie nut kick. (laughs) Oh, donkey kick. Oh, yeah. I love how they're both cheating the hell out of you. Cheating cheating like mother. He knows he's got to, and there we go with some more spitting. I thought his brother was paralyzed. He is. You know, and, it, and I thought they had said in that movie they said he was going to be paralyzed, but I don't think he's he, paralyzed. He right there. The actor realized last second, oh, shit, oh, God, my neck. <laughs> Owen, more music from Phantasm. That's probably why it's never got a release here. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah, they were good for that stuff too, borrowing, you know, especially, you know, the mainland film, Hong Kong film, or mainland the China film. Of, uh, uh, Super Cop, aka Police Story 3. Uh huh. You know the scene where Jackie Chan's on the train fighting? Right. Uh, they have the Batman theme from the 1989 Batman movie playing while he's fighting. <laughs> I watched one of them. It might have been Pink Commando or one of them or something along those lines. And they borrow a lot of stuff from, you know, the 1980s. 
a lot of you it's know like popular seventies adult films too. They just didn't give a damn. They just put whatever music fit. Yeah, and and you know the thing was, what was ever going to happen? They were only going to play for a certain time. They thought, and then they're gone. You know, nobody ever thought that there was gonna, they were going to be you know home video and you know all the other crap coming. Well, what killed them was when uh, George Clinton and James Brown sued the rappers for uh, using uh, samples, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And when they won, they give the artists rights to sue all these filmmakers that were illegally using their music in movies. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do some shameless, uh, shameless plug right now. Anyways, we had talked you'd, when you'd introduced yeah. me at the beginning of the show. My first book came out in September 13th, which was Friday the 13th. It sold good. I mean, you know, it, you know. And it, so the next one had come up, and you know, McFarlane had contacted me and said, you know, would you be interested in, you know, having us take a look at it? So I said, you know, I have to have some questions answered first. Questions, you know, they were maybe 12 different questions. Now they, you know, most of it was okay, but the sticking points eventually came to where, you know, they they retain the rights until they're done publishing it. Yeah. So, you know, they could keep it, you know, I know like the worst book ever written on Spaghetti Westerns, Thomas Weiser's The Good, The Bad, The Violent, is um, still in print after all these freaking years, even though it's highly, you know, it's filled with errors. And um, so that was one thing. And another thing was it would take nine to 12 months, which is a long time. And then well, there's um, a difference between listing your book and publishing it. <laughs> right, right. And also, you know, I'd heard some things where, you know, a lot of the advertising is left on you, you know, to get it sold. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, then, and the last thing was another thing is is they have final rights over who goes, what goes on the cover. So, you know, as much as I like all the Leone films, I didn't want to have another Spaghetti Western book with Clint Eastwood on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or, or Frank O'Neill. Yeah, I, I don't want that. I want this, you know, I don't write about I mean, I write about them, and I know the respect's there, and I love it all, but I try to do a little bit more obscure stuff to try to, you know, because that's okay, what I do. Okay, here we go. My favorite Flying in the whole movie. 
What the hell, my Zucky? Oh, here is the final duel of the movie. I thought they had that one thing. He's like, did you have sex? And he's like, uh. Yeah, they just had that. I just watched it. He's, yeah. No, no he's, I think that's coming up. I think that's coming up. Or is it? I don't know. They just had a scene there. I lost track. I was talking about that other stuff. But so, but anyways, to finish real quick on that is I've got the this, nice uh, way know, to put it, and this is only for rumors. This is not fact. That publishing McFarlane is like being in a love scene in the TV series Oz. <laughs> I've never seen Oz. Well, let's just say it's an all-male prison, Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, they were nice enough to approach me. So, but yeah. you know, and I would. It is prestigious, you know, to have yourself, you know, to be offered. You yeah, know, that's and, great. And I, it's awesome. I told you, I told you, you were that good. Yeah, well, you know how that works. No, none of us believe that, but but anyway, so. I, I, I decided this the second book, which is coming out in probably in the next two weeks. You know, Tim Paxson said he would do the cover again, which he did a great job on the first yeah. one. And then, you know, and then Tom Betts is going to do the you know the Spaghetti Western expert's going to do the back cover blurb. So yeah. I just figured I'm going to do this one, and then we'll go from there. Don't say that. Don't say that. I'm not allowing you to say that on the show. <laughs> you change your mind like. Uh, you're right. The- you're right. You're right. You, you, you know, because you know how it is, Stephen. This stuff is, you know, people think anybody could get in there and do this. That's why I respect the hell out of you. And I've told you that a million times. I couldn't do this every week. I couldn't do this as many times as you do it. I mean, to me, I just couldn't do it. Now, to me, I'm obsessive about the Italian westerns, and it's it's time consuming to do that crap. You know, I work and stuff like that, so it's not an easy task when you do stuff like you know when you when you try to write a book. I never knew. You know, obviously that was my first one. I've written plenty of you know from plenty of magazines and some books and stuff like that. Well, when Troy Howard put out his first two or three books, I always give him shit that he never put an index on it. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's like, where's your index? He's like, oh. That's true, and there, and that's another thing. That's you know, there's more time consumption. You know, so it's it's, and there's probably a I don't know if there's a way you can do it in Word. Probably not. So you got to sit there and you know, and then go through the whole book and write them down. You know, write down whatever nouns you're going to be using and. You know, whatever um, titles and put them in there, and it's just. Yeah. Well, you know what you they know. say? They say the devil's in the detail. Mm-hmm. I doubt the devil would even want to mess with that mess. I agree with you there. I agree. So it's. It, Especially because you are dealing with the one of the black holes. <laughs> mm hmm. 
Shaw Brothers yeah. is another black hole. At least there's an end light with the Shaw Brothers. You know how many films exactly they are out there. Right, right. And it's Plus, never, you know. Plus, we can pick and choose. Yeah, true. We don't true. have to mention, every, we don't have to do every one of them like, oh, fun, fun, you know. Right, right. So, you know, but anyways, it'll be out and I'm thinking, you know, I I uploaded a copy of it, and it's somehow or another it came out okay. You know, I got to go in and do a few small adjustments here and there, but yeah. And then, like I said, I'm still waiting on the cover and and also yeah. the back cover thing. But so that want to be out here. And again, they're using animated fire, which in a way looks more magical. It does. Then, you know, real fire or. Right, no, I agree. This movie is pure magical realism. Even though it's batshit crazy, it's pure magical realism. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do. It is. You're right. Most people are concerned about the batshit craziness of it and not just the bizarre mysticism. Right. And, and, you know, even his, probably his next most famous film, Hex, you know, that was based on, you know, the the mortal, you know, and, you know, and the um, ghost coming back, even though at the end it negated it all, but, you know, the ghost coming back, you, you know, from a traumatic death to seek revenge, which is, you know, a pretty common story. Was that just an in name sequel only uh hex after hex? Mhm. Hex after witchcraft was the next one. And then hex after hex came in 82, I believe. I think Yeah. Hex, that was like hex an was 80, 80 and then the, and the next one was 80 also. But you know like anything it or like a lot you know sometimes happens is it was in name only, believe me. Hex yeah. Versus witchcraft is nothing like um, hex versus or hex. I'm sorry. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of in hex versus witchcraft. There's a lot of scenes that that revolves around a guy that marries. Who kind of, he's a loser who marry who marries a spirit, and he sleeps with a girl. You know, whether actually the spirit takes over the girl's body, sleeps with her. But there's also some sexual stuff that goes on, obviously off screen. But you know, it's also kind of over the top also 
associate. Don't mess with the monk. <laughs> yes. That's something you rarely see in Buddhist films, you know. Mm-hmm. Talking about the past life and all that. Right. And again, we're on an airplane. Right. You know it would be great if they'd had another scene with a different airplane with three other wizards talking about how shitty the food is. That would have been classic, would No, that's the girl. Or, or else maybe William Shatner out the window looking in. Kathmandu, Nepal. Damn, this is really a real international film for Shaw, Nepal. Right. They definitely sunk a little bit of money into this film. Like yeah. I said, Hex, this Hex really must have been successful. This really taking over. Oh, you got to remember, what film did Run Run Shaw invest in that came out in around 81, 82? Yeah, Blade Runner, yeah. Blade Runner. They lost right. a crap right. load of money on that. Yes. They tried to copy run uh, Golden Harvest's moves in the early 80s, but mm-hmm. it seems like everything Golden Harvest did turned gold, and everything Shaw did. Yeah, they started slipping downhill big fast. Well, you don't make it not making a lot of enemies when you try to uh, blackball people that can make you money. Good, yeah, true, and also underpay them for years and years and years, yeah. Yeah, they lost uh, the Lau brothers. Uh, what's his name? The big gangs of Hong Kong. The director. Oh shit! I can't think of his name off Chang the top Jay. of my head. Yeah, Chang Chi, yeah. God damn, I could win. We've only seen how many of his movies. Uh, King Hu, Shang Chi, the one armed boxer himself. Mm hmm. Anyone they could have made money off of. Yeah, when you're pushing people like that, especially Jimmy Wang Yu, who was, you know, there, there should have been some kind of a compromise because at the time he was huge. You know, when you let your, you know, but it was the same thing. He was trying to run it like they did a Hollywood studio. You know, you didn't mess with, you know, the Hollywood, you know, whoever, Bay Mayor or or Warner or any of them people, or you didn't work again. And I guess he kind of thought, well, you know, if I do that or that, then they won't work again in this country. You know, they'll have to go to mainland China or, 
you know, but then eventually Golden Harvest came along and they could go work for Golden Harvest. But of course, he would try to tie shit up in courts and stuff like that by suing them. Yeah. The only one it really worked with was Wang Yu, but after that, they were prepared for their tactics. Right. Yeah. You know, eventually they all, you're right, they all left, like Tai Long and. The Venoms. Yes. David Chang. Every one of them did, made big money afterwards. Yeah. Well, Tai Long had a nice career afterwards. Of course, yeah. it didn't hurt that he did some films with um, Chow Young Fat, so. Yeah. The two biggest things that killed the Shaw Brothers were Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. Yeah, I think the. Yeah, I think that. Well, I th- I just I think they're just their stuff became so old, and they, you know, the people just you know they weren't interested in that anymore. You know, the martial arts film they just you know, it's like the spaghetti western. You know, when you're so dependent on something like that, eventually people are going to get bored with it, or the, you know, it's going to stop making you the kind of money it once made. So you you know you yeah. either have to adjust to the times, you know. And, and Hong Kong at that time was, you know, the people that had grown up then there. The, you know, you finally had the people that were growing up in Hong Kong, you know, who were native to there, you know, rather than from mainland China. You, you yeah. know, they were looking for something they could relate to that was, you know, current, not something that was a period piece from a fabled um, China. So yeah. I, I think a lot of their issues had to do with that. It just, you know, it was it was an old system, and it just it wasn't working anymore. They got as yeah, they got I a lot out of it. Something as old and period and sort of dated as Mad Monkey Kung Fu come out and. Eighty-three, eighty-four. Right, yeah, yeah. And I like that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I agree, yeah. But that, well, that was trying to get on that Jackie Chan bandwagon, too. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, Shaw did have Jackie Chan, but he was putting him in crap like Eagle in the Shadow's Fist and Half a Loaf of Kung Fu. Right, right. You wasn't letting Jackie Chan be Jackie Chan. That's the problem. That's the problem right there. If if you read any of the interviews with Jackie Chan and stuff, he said that everybody tried to change him. You know, they wanted him to be the next Bruce Lee and stuff like that. You know, he just was never going to be. If he didn't have some kind of comedy in his films, you know, then his film, you know, just was never going to work. He was not that kind of actor, you know. Yeah, it's like he said. He's like everyone wanted him to be the next Bruce Lee, and he really just wanted to be Ow. <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> I could. And, and you know, all he's doing is pouring. Why couldn't he have just made like a? Why couldn't he have swallowed it? Why did he have to cut it and put it in his arm? Couldn't he have just cut it? I mean, swallowed it? 
I don't know, because this will make it more badass, I think. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, and then he sews it up himself. Yeah, it never hurts, does it, for badass. But, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, Lau Carloon. He wouldn't let that Gordon Liu be Gordon Liu. I mean, up until 36 Chamber, Gordon Liu was just the pretty boy. Even in mm-hmm. My Young Annie, he was the pretty boy. Right. And you can pretty much tell I've watched them as you described them. The Boxer's Omen was the only film where the director was really let to be himself without any restraints. Yeah, he definitely did not have any. So, you know, I guess putting two and two together, you would think at least domestically that Hex was a pretty big hit because obviously it assured this guy, you know, a bigger budget and more control. So I, that Hex would be my and concern. bewitched. Yeah, through bewitched, yeah. And you know the other hex films. So there must have been something behind, but you know obviously this was he only did one other film after this, the director. So I would yeah. think that something had to arise, you know, after this film, why he never made any other film, you know, one other film. Well, he wasn't able to make normal films. That, yeah, it's not possible. <laughs> no, you're right. That's a fact. It's like Joe Dworsky and all of the really extreme guys from back then. Mm-hmm. It got impossible for them just to get money together. Yeah, true. Because it wasn't cool to be, you know... We are cool. We are hip. We have the guy who does the wild shit. Look at us. Be proud, you know. Yeah, and I think he also probably got pigeonholed into, you know, you know, being um, known as that particular type of director. You know, when Shaw was moving kind of away from the martial arts or somewhat away from him in the early 80s, he was kind of the go-to guy because he had made some you know, some films earlier in his career, like uh, The Bamboo House of Dolls, which obviously is an exploitation, women in prison type thing, you know, over the top. So, you you know, and he did some other films like The Spirit of the Raped and um, The Killer Constable and stuff like that. So even even the films where, you know, he was doing a kind of a martial arts type of film, a period type of film, The Killing Constable, it kind of sends it yeah. over the top a little bit. If so, you don't think this is badass right here with the collie coming back to life like that, then something wrong awesome. with your ass. <laughs> it's fine. You know. Yes.
and her entrance. <laughs> hey, pervert hands! Get your hands <laughs> off the boobies there, Gab, buddy. Edward Scissorhands coming up there. In case you're wondering what that weird robot sound is, you know the sound of the silver spear from Phantasm? Mm-hmm. Reverse it, and that's it. Wow. It's the sound of the silver spear from Phantasm played backwards. Wow. Instead of whoop, it's whoop. Hey, buddy, let me chew on you for a while. <laughs> Fine. Come on, buddy, I just want to bite you. You can you can see a lot of the category three films in here. You can oh, see yeah. a lot of how how there's definitely definitely an influence here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot in here. Except that the category three films were like a lot more sexual than this. True, true. Yeah, he but but there is some in here a lot for. A Shaw Brothers film. Did you, know, you just it, it was, on him? <laughs> oh, that's, that's what warm. I'm saying. Yeah, uh, he's spitting worms out of somewhere there. That's fuzzy. Yeah. I love it when he's like, oh, he can't top himself with a fight. And he's like, oh, really? (laughs) 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 Ooh, goddamn. (laughs) Ooh, goddamn. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things you can do. Let him eat his eyes out. Not his ears. Not his nose. Yeah. In a gorgeous sunrise. Right. Got a little bit of Indiana Jones there. Yeah. That is the, you know, one of the oddest things you would rarely see across between the grotesque and the beautiful. 
right. as good as this, and a sincere religious film too. Right. And it's a, you know, the good old good versus evil. Yeah. Why the hell did the tear just destroy the relic? And why didn't they get a guy that looked old if they were going to put him in that white wig and white beard? I mean, you, you know, like a, I'm, I'm, like the, you know, it's they're just he just threw everything he could possibly throw into this fucker. Yeah, it's he like, just decided he knows, I'm like, gonna, you know, oh, I want to have this guy come beat him again, and this much budget, so let's just go for it. Yeah, yeah, I want to have this guy, you know, I want to have him come down them steps on a, you know, his platform or whatever, glide down, and it's just like, why? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's amazing, but. It's like, okay, I want to do this, or I want to do that. It's almost like he just, they said, okay, you can have this budget, you know, spend, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Let's have her do a funky disco dance for no reason. (laughs) Right. This is a shocking development. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I love it. Uh, You might need to go to the doctor, lady. You're peeing blue. And I I wonder if them the three wizards are coming out. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, you know what movie that was taken from, that decomposition. That, you know that's a nod to Evil Dead. Yeah, well, there's a lot of nods to Evil Dead in here for sure. Yep, there they are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, the fact they came out like that, or the fact that those poor bastard actors are wrapped up in... You can definitely tell that's plastic wrap. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. How the hell they breathe? God damn, talk about... It's extreme, isn't it? It's just, okay, we're going to have these guys slit their wrists and pour it over the top of him after he had split his gut open.
I but know, you, why you know, to me, we get more cool monsters. Yes, absolutely loaded with them, man. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, to me, after, you know, obviously with me, you know, working on the Spaghetti Western crap, you know, to me, something like this is such a, you know, it's such a departure, you know, from something, you know, a, a, a Western that it's just, it's, you know, it's, to me, the, this is the kind of films I head to. Because yeah, it just, you know, it defies it's all logic. It's un, you know, that you can't classify a lot of it. It's, yeah. it's just, you know, so far removed from a western. It's just like a big fresh air of breath, you know. It is. It is. Yes. Fact there. That's where most people who focus on one project screw up. Mm-hmm. They don't take the time to. Explore. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just you gotta let your mind, you know, get outside of a, you know, what it's been laboring on for a yeah. while, and just you know, look for some, you know, like you said, a breath of fresh air, something to kind of relieve you a little bit from all that. Mm. That's kind of where you know I am now. It's like, yeah, I needed that. did they do that? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a great effect when you're sitting there like, how the hell did they do that? That that scene's great, great scene there. It's a great shot, I mean. I have never seen solar flare used as good as it is. Oh, it is in here. Absolutely. 1983. Right. There's no opening or closing music. Right, yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> it just lets you <gasps> soak it all in. That's, that's right. Well, you know, it's it's getting ready to kick you in the head, so it's just going to, you know, let you walk into it, and at the end, your your head's already been kicked in, so you're like, okay. Yeah, this little why is this not more well-known, as insane as it is? I like unless it's you know like you said unless it's the the, the few snippets in there from Phantasm, uh, you know that that could possibly no, remember, be. No, remember it came out as uh, one of uh, Images uh, Shaw DVDs, but none of Images titles Shaw wise sold worth a shit. Right. Yeah, I don't. I that's a good question. I, like I said, you know, if you put this out, I, I don't know. I just, I, t- to me, 
it's the Shaw brothers are like releasing a spaghetti western. You know, if it doesn't have Franco Nero in it, you know, or Clint Eastwood, people only so many people are going to buy it. And I think the Shaws are like that too. You know, if it's not martial arts, you know, you take another notch away from them. It's, it's just, you know, and it, it's just not going to sell. I, I would imagine because I'm sure with all these releasing companies over here, somebody would try to have explored that. Or else well, remember, what uh, Blue, uh, William Lustig said he lost money on his Spaghetti Western titles, and here's the four that he had out. He had Django, Django Kill, Run Man Run, Campaneros, and Menagia. Uh-huh. Yep, I bought them all. Those are gold standard titles. I agree, but it's like I said, it's just not, you know, I would imagine that the shawls to a point are the same. You know, it's kind of a niche type of thing, you know, and a lot of people just assume that, you know, Shaw Brothers, you think karate or kung fu, and a lot of people are just turned off right there. You know, well, Dragon Dynasty went under two, and look how many great titles they put out. True. Yeah. So obviously, there's not a market here for them. I would, I would imagine. Well, no you one know, has so. written that great book to tell the fans what to like, what to watch. You know. Right. 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 True. Like with your book and a few other books. People know where to look at Spaghetti Westerns, thanks to you, Christopher Frayling, Alex Cox. Kevin Grant. Is, I think it's Kevin Grant. Yeah. yeah. There is at least a little bit of knowledge. I mean, yeah, yeah that, you know, that's a good now. point. It, I mean, I, there is really, as far as I can tell, there's not a lot been written about the Shaw Brothers and the Shaw Brother films. You know, yeah, they're covered in a lot of the karate books, but you know, some of their other films, I don't, I really don't think that they've been written about. Yeah, there might be an article here, an article there, but book-wise, I don't think there ever has been a book where, you know, was written about Shaw. I know there was a book written on Hong Kong horror years ago, and maybe two, but yeah. uh, you, you know, obviously. You know, there's not a there must not be a market, or people aren't that interested in, you know, well, to write a book. Most of them it. started with the hopping vampire films and went into the '90s category three shit. True, good point. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, you know, buying a book on Japanese film. You know, they start with you know, and it's all about the ring and all the other stuff. You know, when there was, you know, fifty. You know, when there was. All the years before, you know, before all that, there was obviously yeah. horror films in Japan. So, yeah. I mean, and, and, I and, you know, remember when uh, Criterion put out Jigaku, people were like, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and it's... House, when it came out, it yeah. was like... Where did this fucking movie come from? Holy shit, right. it's great. Where did it come from? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that's, been um, since 79. And is, is Arrow the one releasing all them? 
Criterion did House Yeah, right. Arrow and Criterion. I mean, at least they're, you know, putting some out there. And any of those that come out, I'm, I'm I grab those when they do come out. I yeah. mean, but there's a blind uh, cat's ghost. One of the few yeah. cat ghost movies that's actually out easy. Right. Yeah. Uh, horrors of malformed men. Mm-hmm. Of all the Tiro Uishi titles, that's about the only one that's pretty much easy to get. Well, they they released his um, uh, orgies of Edo, I believe. Yeah, I think that yeah, was there. Yeah, and the Arabashi prison titles, but still. Yeah, I love all them films. You know, all the ones I've been able to see, but. I uh, mean, yeah, there's it's food that came out, but there's still uh, Jigaku painting. Uh, one of my all-time favorites to follow up to Jigaku, which is uh, Ghost Story of Yatsuya. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean. So there's there's stuff out there. You know, I don't. I have no clue what the quality of any of that's like. Yeah. And let's let's face it, Stephen. I mean, how many people you think would actually buy that? You know, the Ghost of Yatsuya. I. It's probably a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's one I mean, of those whenever I wrote about it, people were like, holy shit, this is good. I'm like, yeah. here, YouTube link, watch it. Cool, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, you know, to me it's, you know, if, if you told, you know, if you gave me the chance between a $100 um, box set of Texas Chainsaw Massacre or a $25 you know, Japanese film from, you know, from the 60s or 70s, I'd take the freaking Japanese, you know, horror yeah. or, you know, or uh, I mean, Yakuza really, or whatever, Iowan every freaking time. How many films come out here in the U.S. on DVD? Mm-hmm. And people, if you didn't know, Ayoman is a fucking genre of its own. Right. There's like... 20 or 30 at least adaptions of that story. <laughs> right. Yep. And that's not including Ghost Story of Yatsuya. Right. And now the there's, version there's plenty. And the version of And they're still making them. Yeah. You know, I mean, didn't, um, who was that? Who's that? Oh, damn, I can't remember his name right now, but one famous one, a director just did a Japanese, but I can't remember his name now. But anyway, yeah, it's been done, and it's still done. And it, it, even when they're, it's not officially released as that, it still has bits and pieces and parts of it. So, yeah, yeah. Even the ring has parts of the Ioman story in it. True, true. Yeah. I mean, yep. People would really be shocked how much of the Japanese ghost stories and horrors from the forties, fifties. 60s have not come out here. Fact. Fact. Well, some of the 40s, some of the, you know, pre 40s stuff, some was damaged, some of it was destroyed, you know, obviously in the war, but, but, you know, well, a lot of it. Yeah. But even the, starting from 
I would say they really started kicking in the gear of making any, you know, probably 54, 53 range when um, yeah. Shintoho, um, Shintoho, you know, they decided that, you know, that's the avenue instead of being, you know, a uh, an artist or in, um, a, um, you know, kind of a prestigious type of um, production house, they decided that they were going to <laughs> sell tickets. And they decided to go into that avenue, and they're the ones who did a lot of the, um, you know, the, the kind of Euro grotesque films. They kind of introduced them into the Oodle market. <laughs> yeah. So, I want but, people to realize that every little bit of the movie that we talked about, every little scrap like the Yakuza, every tiny little nugget is really its own genre with at least... Yeah. Ten or fifteen yeah. films each. Yeah, and, and, only you know, two of the films we really got are the post John Woo films. Yeah, and there's there there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. I mean, you know, t- um, Toy for most of the '60s, that's all they did. You know, yeah. that was their in-house specialty. And it's this. There's so much out there. I, I the, the writer Chris D wrote a book on. On you know a lot of the Yakuza films, and also I think it's you know it's um, probably maybe ten years old now or better. But I mean, yeah. just looking through there, it's like holy crap! Oh, you know, it's we're never going to get a chance to see them in our lifetime. No, there's just too many of them. And thank you for being on. And people buy Mike House's books or buy them for your spaghetti western fan or your western fan this Christmas because. This is not me being plugging a friend. This is just me talking about the books. The books are of good quality because he loves this stuff. I mean, I, truly loves it. I'm obsessive compulsive about it for sure. For sure. Yeah, and Thank by you, the new issue of Wings that comes out. And yeah, it's coming. Next week we're going to be doing the year 2011, me <laughs> and Carl. And the week after that we're going to be doing our – Annual Thanksgiving birthday show. Wow. We're going to be doing the John Travolta, John Gotti film this year. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Thanksgiving is a week of pain for us at this show. That's that's pain. That's painful. That's painful. Ooh-wee. Wow. And thank you. And thank you for being on again, Mike. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And have a happy November. Thank you, Steve. And I'll and see you next, everybody next month. And yeah. happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Bye. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Open the circuit. Let's see the pressure increase.
All the ship's energy is now in the wave motion gun. I doubt anyone here would recognize civic virtue if it reached up and bit you in the ass. Did I hurt your feelings? Well, the Magneto's right. There's a war coming. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. You sure you're on the right side? Hasta la vista, baby.